Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Today, I want to talk to you about thanks for the struggles. Man, I, I, I don't know about you, but when God gave me that title, he said, CJ, I want you to talk about, and I want you to get this in your heart, thanks for the struggles. I don't know about you, but uh, how many of you like diamonds? Come on, come on, right? Check out my grill, my bling bling, right? right? My grandmother, my grandmother had a ring on every finger. No kidding. On every finger, my grandmother had a ring. And what my grandmother did, she loved rings so much, she collected rings, that every time she got a new ring, she would always do this. She'd put her hand up to her face with her new ring and say, hey, have you seen my cows lately? And she'd start doing this, so you'd say, okay, Grandma, what one's the new ring? And you could tell the new ring because it was a bling-bling, right? It had this big diamond in it, man, and she would show that off, the bling-bling of a ring. And she said, you see my cows lately? But if you ever notice diamonds, you know, ladies, you like diamonds, men like diamonds, whatever it may be. But you ever notice what happens with a diamond? To make a diamond beautiful, there's three things or three elements to make a diamond beautiful. Number one, first and foremost, it's time. It takes time to develop, takes time to make that diamond transpire or to happen. Number two, it's intense heat. The heat of that diamond, intense heat to make it melt, to make it crystallize the way it is. But number three, the biggest of all, thank God for struggles. Number three of making a diamond is this, intense or extreme pressure. Time, heat, and pressure make a diamond great like it is that you ladies have on your finger. Every time you see that diamond, you need to recognize that to be able to make that diamond the way it is, it had to go take a long time, had to go through extensive heat and extensive pressure to make that diamond that's on your ring. And sometimes in your life, you today may not like the pressure that you're under, but God is turning you into a diamond. You're not just an a eight-scale diamond or a seven-scale diamond because diamonds are rated from one to ten. You are a ten. There's not a flaw in you. The color is pure. There's not a flaw or a bubble in the diamond. God is making you into a great diamond. A couple weeks ago, last week, we talked about your thoughts. The income of your thoughts is the outcome of a new life. A thankful and grateful heart sets you up for blessings in your life. Amen? But today, I want to talk to you about a gentleman that faced much struggle. And that gentleman was Paul. In Romans chapter 8, he starts out saying in Romans chapter 8, I love this in verse 28, he says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And we know that God works for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his purpose. So we know that God works all things out, right? But sometimes in God working things out, we don't like the pressure. We don't like the heat. We don't like the time it's taking to get out of this battle, the struggle that we're going through in life. But we can be assured that God will work it out, and in the end, you will come out victorious. You just have to remain faithful and steadfast on God. So Paul is saying God will work it out. He's never too early or he's never too late. He's an on-time God. So he's working it out. But then he goes on to say in verse 35, the struggles 
or the pressure that he was under. He says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In other words, my faith, my love, my belief in God is not just based on feelings. Because listen, if you base your relationship on God, on feelings and emotions, guess what? You're not going to have those feelings and emotions every day. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my staff. I love you. But I'm not going to have those goosebump feelings towards you every day. But does that mean I don't love you? No, absolutely I love you. But you know what? What that does is it tests my faith. And just because I don't have those goosebumps or the emotional feelings doesn't mean that I lose my love. See, because listen, if you base your relationship on feelings, man, I want to tell you, you might have feelings one day, and for the next week you may not have it at all. You don't base your relationship on feelings. You base your relationship on love, trust, and faith. Did you get that? You base your relationship on love, trust, and faith in that individual or in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God, no matter what is going on in the circumstances that are happening in my life, God, I'm going to put my love, my trust, and my faith in you. Regardless if I don't feel it, I know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, then who changes? God, you haven't changed. So just because I don't feel it, that means I must change. God never changes. So then he goes on to say, now watch this. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now watch the pressure, watch the pain, the struggle that Paul went through. Shall troubles or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he goes on to say, he said, who, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, look what he says. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see what Paul was going through? He was going through the struggles and the pains of life. And yet Paul was a fine diamond for God. Paul was a fine guy, and he said, listen, no matter what I go through in life, God, I'm not going to bail. I'm not going to bail. If you have your notes, Paul is saying this. He's saying this. In the good times and in the bad times, it will all work out. You know, it's easy to sing a happy tune when you're going through good things. But when you're going through hard times, we sing the blues, right? And God says, listen, I'm going to work it out. You just remain steadfast. You remain faithful to me. Be committed to me, and I will pull you through. Amen? Listen, hard times shouldn't make you us bitter, but better and stronger for the future ahead. You know, everything that you go through is for a reason. It's preparation for the next battle or next season of your life. So every time I go through a battle or season of my life, I take out of that lessons. If I never learn from the battle or the struggle that I go through, guess what? I'm never going to learn a lesson for the next battle. So every time I go through a battle, I have to observe it and I have to look through it and say, God, what do you want me to learn out of this battle? What am I trying to apply it to my life? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to take this in, God? And how should I be able to walk out other battles that I maybe go through? Listen to this. The old saying is when things get tough, the tough get going. How many remember that saying? My grandfather used to say that all the time. When things get tough, 
The tough get going. I love this one. This one's so cool, and God gave this to me. Sometimes the only way to get Jesus, that fourth man, is to go through the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25. They went through the fire. And when the king came and thought they were destroyed, guess what? He said, what? I see a fourth man in the fire. And sometimes in your life, you may not see it, sense it, or even feel it in your life, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will make an escape for you. The Bible says the battle is not yours but God, and God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And when the Shadrach and the Meshach and the Bentacle walked out of the fiery furnace, the Bible says not one hair on their head was scorched. But God was in the fire, and he's in your fire. He's the fourth man in your fire. He'll never leave you. There is nothing that has been done to you that God cannot make work out for you if you put it in his hands. How many know that's true? If you put it in God's hands, you have to trust God. And transfer it over to him. Right now in our country, our state, and our communities, we are under attack. How many of you know what we're talking about right now? Man, all you have to do is turn on the TV. You can see the attack that we're all under. There's a lot of people that are walking in fear, anxiety, concern, all what's taking place in our, in our country right now. And even your pastor, let me tell you, I've been praying more than ever having before. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, and then he said, what, and seek my face and pray, then I will heal their land. Guess what? Your pastor is praying. Matter of fact, speaking of prayer, this coming Wednesday, every Wednesday now, 6.30, right here, every Wednesday, we're going to start praying. Every Wednesday here at Tesoros, we, we were doing that before. Now we got permission that we can come back and do it again every Wednesday starting this Wednesday 630 your pastor your pastor's wife Pastor Carol and others will be here and we're going to be praying every Wednesday all right so I want to encourage you to be a part of that and right now I believe here's what I believe I believe God is sifting out the wheat from the chaff the weak from the strong during this time I believe that right now we're being tested and you know what's being tested first and foremost right now in the church right now What's being tested in the church right now is your faith. Are you going to hold on? Are you going to quit? Are you going to give up? Or are you going to stand up right now for all those promises that God gave and put into your heart? This is the time where the church needs to be the church, where the church needs to rise up and let the voice of Jesus Christ be known and heard around our community, our state, and our country. Come on. This is the time. We need it like never before. It's not a time to sit back and be quiet. I don't want to be a mouse in the house. I want to be an eagle on the prey. And I want to say, God, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up as wings as eagles. God is right now rising up the church to take back that which is taken from us. This is the year that God wants to restore, that the years that the locusts had stolen from us. Yeah. It's time. I love that in Joel 2.25. That God is going to restore the years that the locusts have stolen. I like this. This COVID-19 has people all over the map. And what to do? There's a lot of anxiety, nervousness, and even fear, which I totally understand. So, 
Starting next week, there's going to be five different mojis. And you're going to see them when you come into the, come into the church. There will be five different little circle stickers. And we want to be able to accommodate your needs. And I want you to understand your pastor right now, okay? We're going to, on the, when you come into the, right into the lobby there, there will be five different mojis, little different circles. One, fist bump. Two, wave. Three, I'm a hugger. And what we're going to do is we're going to put them right out there. And we want, our, we want our congregation to feel at peace. So whatever you want to do, if you want to fist bump, you want to wave, you want to hug, you can put that sticker on there and they're three inches so everybody's going to see it. And nobody has to say anything. And we're just going to be respectful of each other. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on. Amen. And they'll be starting next week. You're going to be seeing that out there. And you can grab one of those stickers and put that on there so we don't have to come to church and feel awkward, that we can be free to be able to worship with God without any restraints. But Paul says something great in Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says these words. And I, and I love what he says because even though what you just said, I went through all these beatings and struggles and hardships, look at what he said those struggles did for him in life. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that which has happened to me, the struggles, the pain, the hardship, the hard knocks, has actually served to advance the gospel. So he's saying, hey, what I have gone through in life, man, it was painful it was a trial. It tested my faith. It made me hold on to God with everything I had. But in the end, when God pulled me through, it's now able to help other people because of my experience in what I've gone through. When I uh, became a pastor, they used to call me Woody. And Woody, if you ever seen the movie White Man Can't Jump, right? That was me, right? And uh, I would carry everywhere I went. I was so engraved in the basketball. I'm not kidding you when I tell you this. I literally used the basketball as my pillow in junior high and high school. I dreamed and thought about basketball. It was always by my head. Amen. And everywhere I go, I would carry a basketball. But even when I became a youth pastor, I would carry a basketball. And, you know, being a youth pastor, I had to look prim and proper. I couldn't just wear gym shorts, you know. I have to wear the, you know, uh, you know uh, nice shorts and a polo and all these kind of stuff. And I carried a basketball, and I'd walk up to the basketball court, and the first thing that come out of these kids' mouth, hey, there goes Woody. I'm carrying my basketball. There goes Woody. And so I said, yeah. And I would always challenge those kids. How our youth group used to grow was I would say, listen, I want to play you in basketball. And if you win, I'll take you anywhere you want to go and eat at. Are you serious, Pastor CJ? And they laugh. You know, I, uh, he's nothing, man. He's an old man. I said, but if I win, you're coming to church with me. Oh, man, that ain't going to happen. So, yeah, I'll play, no problem. And here I am carrying a basketball with my, you know, my nice shorts on and my polo shirt on, looking, you know, like, like a pastor. And I go out there and I spank those dudes. <laughs> you know what their words are? You set me up. You didn't ask. But you know the whole point of that was? My preparation for basketball, all the skills, all the camps, all the AAUs, all the things that I used to do with Isaiah Thomas and Maurice Cheeks and Terry Cummings and all those people that I played with, they prepared me to be ready for students. And believe me, you, I used to smoke them. And I, hey, 
I, my, my, my coach used to say to me, say, CJ, you'd be meek, but not weak. So when I play him, I didn't care if I beat you 10 to nothing. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to get you. Mm. Amen. You ever heard that song? You're under my feet, under my feet. They're, yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd spank them. And then you set me up. But you know what? All that preparation was able to allow me to beat them. And what Paul is saying to you, the things that you're going through right now is not just for your own benefit. It's to encourage and to help and to sharpen others around you. Because you and I have a faith. We have a foundation. We have a belief that the world doesn't have. And we have hope of knowing that everything is going to be okay. And the only way that the world is going to know this hope in which you and I have is you and I demonstrate it. We show it. We live it out. We are the examples in the lifestyle of Jesus that you and I are his hands and his feet extended. That when people are going through the anxiety and the stress and the worry of life right now, let them see the hope of Jesus in you. Let them see that victorious side in you. Let them see that, hey, if I can do it, trust me, brother and sister, you can do it. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? You can win. And so Paul says, everything I went through was the advancement for the kingdom. But then he goes on again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I love this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, watch this. Look at what he's saying. He's speaking to the church of Thessalonica there, and he's giving them some words of encouragement. you got to hear this, though. He says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, watch what he says. Warn. In other words, warn them, prepare them, give them, uh, set them up, give them advice, direct them. Let them know that they're going down the wrong track. Amen. Man, I got to get used to this. Every time at 10 o'clock at night here in Siren, the sirens go off. And, man, I'll tell you, I can be out with my family or whatever, and I'll say, You think a storm's coming or something. How many can understand what I'm talking about, right? You think a storm's coming. But then he says, to warn them, those who are idle, maybe through this COVID situation, you know and I know. And I look out here, and I see a lot of our regulars and people that are just maybe easily drifted away. They're idle and maybe not worshiping God like they have been because they're afraid and so on and so forth. Let me just encourage you. If you recognize someone that's not here from our family, a family, listen, it's not really a full family reunion if somebody from the family is missing. And if you recognize someone that's missing from the church or from the body, it's our role as a church, as the body, to call one another. To say, hey, where you been? Where you doing? Are you okay? That we should be checking up on one another. We should be making doctor visits on the phone with other people. After all, you are Jesus' hands and his feet extended. God said you'll do greater things than he even has done. And that greatness is Jesus living in you. That God wants you to be that greatness. That you reach out and touch someone. But he goes on to say, idle and disruptive. But look at this. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Isn't that what we need right now? Dawn, isn't that what's going on right now? In our bill, in our society right now, I don't know about you, but everywhere you go, people are on edge. They're like pit bulls. <laughs> Their temperaments. Man, they're, they're upset about, man, anything and everything. 
You see it on the news. You go to the grocery store. Anywhere you go, people are always on tension. Our goal as a church is that we should reach out in love and encourage them. Let them know that, hey, we talked about a couple weeks about the gift of encouragement. You know what I always say? Encouragement costs you nothing, but it creates much. To put your arm around someone and give somebody a call, man, let them know you appreciate them. Man, you know what that does to someone? It makes them feel special, honored, and respected. And I want to encourage you as the body. Reach out to those that maybe you're not that's idle right now, that maybe are in park right now, that maybe are walking in fear, but let's encourage them. Let's reach out to the, the, the downhearted. And then it goes on to say in verse 15, watch this. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. You see what that's saying? Man, don't repay evil for evil. Right now, people are walking around tense. They're walking around, man, ready to bite you, pounce on you. But how are you reacting? Verse 16 goes on to say, now watch this. Rejoice always. Pray continuously. But this is where I want to get to. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Have you ever noticed verse 19? He says, do not quench the spirit. You see, if you walk out of line with these, if you're walking around sad, mad, and upset, and you're always clenching your fist, guess what? That's sucking the joy out of your life. That's quenching the spirit, verse 19. If you're not praying, you're straying, and if you're not praying, you're not in tune with God, that's sucking the life out. If you're not giving thanks for God, for all what's going on right now, even the good and the bad, that's quenching the spirit. So you say, notice, it doesn't say, thank God for all things. Now get that. Thank God for all things, but in all things. Notice that? In all things. All things that you may be going through in life. Real quickly, three things, Andrew, go ahead. Three things uh, to do during hard times. Number one is this. Pray, rejoice always. Keeps you healthy. When you pray, rejoice always, it keeps you healthy. It's Proverbs 17.22. A, a good heart is like a medicine. A laughter is like medicine, a good heart. Number two, pray continuously. It keeps you in tune with God. Number three, give thanks in all circumstances. It keeps you focused on God. But I want to I give you some steps. I want to just fire some things at you real quick as the worship team comes. And I call these things how to deal with COVID. How to deal with COVID right now. And you know, guys, right now, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, no, we really don't. Our governor could close up everything, close up shop again. We don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that we can still be victorious. How I many you know what I'm talking about? We can still be victorious. Come on. We can still be victorious. We are the church. We don't scatter. So here's how to deal with COVID. Number one, praise and worship. Keep your praise on with God. You know, the Bible says that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. The first and foremost thing with COVID, you got to keep your praise on. Don't dry up. Don't be like the ravens, man, and dry up and you can't find any water. 
Don't be a famine in your own spiritual walk. Number two, realize, number that you're not alone. A lot of times when we're going through this isolation, what happens is we feel like we're alone. We're not alone. Man, we're, we're all in this together. We're in this same boat. No one's picking on you. No one's just isolating you. It's a whole blanket thing. And a lot of times what we do is we want to have a pity party. And what happens is what we do is we think that we're isolated and we're all alone. Remember, we're not. Number two, number three, do not compare yourself with others. They may look or sound like they are doing great when they really are struggling also. You see, stay in your own lane. A lot of times what we do when we're going through this season, we want to compare ourselves. Why are him and her getting blessed? And why is this happening to her? And why is this happening to him? And we want to start comparing ourselves instead of staying in our own lane and driving in our own lane. We want to compare ourselves. And when you do that, guess what? It makes you look bad. It makes you be ungrateful for what you do have. So stay in your lane. Number four, form a circle of friends that you can call and talk to and be honest with. I'm going to encourage you. Listen, man, Pastor Carolyn, we do a, a Zoom a Bible, a Bible study that we do every Monday. And we do a Zoom Bible study with the ladies. And, man, those ladies love it because they are shut in. you got to form a group of people. You always hear me say, I have five men, five men that I call whenever I'm down. Three of them live in Colorado, and two of them live, one in Kenosha and one in Illinois. That if I'm down, I call these five men. They're my encouragers. They're my uplifters. They've been with me, man, for 20-some years. My one has been with me all my life. And you got to find a circle of friends that, number one, that you can be honest with. That you can just share with them. You know what? A lot of times all you do is need to dump and get it out of your system. Find some people that you can connect with, that you can relate to. A lot of times what is counseling? Having someone listen to you. Find that friend. Listen, remember you are, uh, uh, remember, you are on a trust journey with God. You're on a trust journey with God. That God, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to trust you. Another one is this. Do not make big life-altering decisions. How I many you know a lot of times during the pressures, we make life-jerk decisions? And you know who did that? If you study the book of Ruth, read Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. When Naomi and Amalek, they decided when there was a famine, when there was pressure, when there were struggles going on in their life, what did they do? They left where the bread of life, Jerusalem, which is called bread of life, they left the bread of life and they went to another place. And when they left and they made a knee-jerk decision, guess what happened to Naomi? She not only lost her husband, but she also lost her sons. And the only thing that she had was her daughter-in-laws. And that's why there's the book of Ruth, because Ruth stayed with Naomi. And they made a knee-jerk decision. And they left when the time, things got tough. Man, don't make a knee-jerk decision. Let me another one. Don't assume your opinions are the right opinions. Because everyone has an opinion. Remain in love. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Man, you should see someday my Facebook page, or excuse me, my, yeah, my Facebook page, but a lot of it more my messenger page. Man, I got every opinion that you're right, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong. 
And can you imagine? I could be like a dog chasing my tail, Joe. I kid you not. Man, listen to people. People need this, people to talk to. Another one. This is a good one. You got to get this. One day a week, separate yourself from it all. Turn off the social media and the news. Come on. Come on. Some of you just need to separate yourself from that. All you, if you're taking in the bad, guess what's going to come out? The bad. It's going to affect you. Exercise every day. Go for a walk. Ride a bike. If you're like Karina and her mom, every day they're riding their trikes, man. They're out there riding. Just do something. Amen? Increase your safeguards from addiction. Why do I say that? Because what happens is, just like the Bible says, listen, the dogs went back to their vomit. When that things got tough and things got going in their lives and things got messed up, what happens a lot of times we are prone to go back to where it's easy. What did Peter do when Jesus was crucified? When Peter was being, when Jesus was going to be hung on the cross? What did Peter do and say to the disciples? He went back to the disciples and Peter said, I'm going fishing. In other words, he went back to what is comfortable. He went back to his normal way of living. And a lot of times what happens when you're going through isolation, you want to go back to what you know. You want to go back to what's comfortable. You want to go back to your addictions. You want to go back to this and that. When God said, no, hold the line. Don't break. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't run back to your addictions. Stay away from negative time suckers. Those people that drain you. Stay away, get, man, you got to get with the Aaron's and hers. you got to get with the cheerleaders of your life that are going to champion your dream. They're going to champion your life. They're going to pour into you. I love this one. I, I, I love to read. If you want to be a leader, you got to be a reader. Read God's Word or an inspiring book. Man, I'm reading a book by Justin Franklin right now. Man, I, I just love that, that author. Change something you can change. Attitudes, thoughts, words, and even your lifestyle. What can you change? What can you alter in your life? Give what you need. If you need encouragement, then give encouragement to others. Just like I said, what you sow is what you reap. Amen? Give encouragement. Give that what you need. If you need joy, then give joy. A smile costs nothing, but it creates much. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And then lastly, just don't quit. Just don't quit. You know, nobody ever remembers second place. They always remember the champions. I close with this. This is a normal rubber band. And I want you to picture yourself as a rubber band. The purpose of a rubber band is to what? To stretch and to hold things together. Correct? But if you ever notice a rubber band, its purpose is never fulfilled until it's stretched. And once it's stretched, it's doing its purpose. Right? But you ever noticed about a rubber band? Once you stretch it, it never goes back to its original form. Look how much bigger it is. It never goes back to its original form. Because why? It was stretched. Guess what? You're being stretched. 
every one of you are being stretched. And you know what? You may not go back to your original form. Church may look different. Things are not going to be the same. We have a new normal in life. We have to learn that, man, God, help me navigate this new normal in my life. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Now, some time ago, my wife and I had the privilege to go to the Super Bowl in Dallas, Texas, and see our Green Bay Packers. Are we got any Packer fans in here today? I know right now it's kind of a different deal, right? But you know what? I'll tell you. Cheryl and I, we had to find our parking spot, which we had to reserve our parking stop spot two months ahead of time to get a parking spot for the Super Bowl. And yet alone for that, we had to park, this no kidding, Jamie, we had to park a mile and a half away from the stadium to have a parking spot. And even at that, it was in a bank parking lot that were renting out their spots for people like ours. And I paid $120 to park in that bank parking spot a mile and a half away. But here's the cool thing. In that mile and a half walk, it was the greatest thing. Man, as we started walking, I even got my wife in Green Bay Packers stuff. And she's a diehard Viking fan. And I loved it. I even took pictures of it. She had Reggie White on the back of her shirt. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I said, I got her some way, man. I'd love But you know what's so cool, Dave? Here's the cool. Remember when the, 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 the church got me that gift? Remember that? They freaked me out. The church brought that for Cheryl and I. They changed our whole program. You should have seen. It was the coolest thing. All of a sudden, the announcement video, it changed. And it said, Pastor CJ, we love you. And like, what? And they, they presented us Super Bowl tickets. But anyways, here's the cool thing. Levi, it was so cool. When we were walking that mile and a half, as we got closer to the stadium, we would hook up with other Packer fans. Some purple, some black and yellow or gold because of Pittsburgh mixed in with us. But the more we got closer to the stadium, the crowd got bigger. And it was so cool because all of a sudden when we got to the stadium, they had you in these turnstiles, almost like cattle and corrals. And they had thousands of people. They would move, move. And you're bumping against Green Bay Packer fans that you can feel the radiance. And once we finally got our seat and got into the stadium, it was so cool to see the sea of green. And then it was so cool to hear us all in one accord cheering when Brett Favre threw the bomb and waved to his mom. The point of that was is that we were unified and we were a family with one goal, one purpose, and that was to win the Super Bowl. You know what, guys? We are in a Super Bowl right now. That Super Bowl is to obtain the prize. I fought the fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. We need each other. And when the Packers won, the place went crazy. We need to be able to celebrate with one another. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to encourage you, take that list. I know I went fast and we had a lot going on today. 
but take that list and put it on your refrigerator. But I want to do something this morning, and we're going to close this way because I believe that we need to do this in my heart. We're talking about struggles, and maybe you're going through a struggle, and I know time's getting away, but, you know, God doesn't have a clock in heaven. His time is eternal. Maybe you've got a struggle right now. You say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer. I don't take a moment and pray with you. But you say, Pastor, will you pray with me? I need prayer this morning. If that's you this morning, will you step out? Let us pray with you. Come on. Come on. You may be going through a struggle. We just talked about we need each other. We're brothers and sisters of like faith. Maybe you're going through a struggle. You say, Pastor, I need prayer. Come on. They're still coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know my brother Mark. Come on, Jeannie. Come on. Let's line up across here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Bob. Come on. Come on. My brother Mark needs a miracle in his body right now. He needs a miracle in his body. Now, if you see a brother and sister up here right now, I want you to come up and stand with them. Let's pray with them. Come on. We're going to believe today. We're going to be winning the Super Bowl together. We're going to win this together. Come on. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's believe today. Let's win this battle together. Come on, I need some men to gather around. He needs a healing in his body. He needs a miracle today. Look at this. This is so cool. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The family right here. Alabama, look at you, man. I'm here praying. Our new member. This is what it's all about. Amen. Father, this morning, we as a church stand in one accord. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of pressure going on in our country, our world, our society. But we as a church take a stand. And I pray in Jesus' name that right now you will touch those, Lord, in need here right now. Thank you for our brother Mark and for Bill and Barb and others that are here right now. I pray that you would touch them, Lord, right now and meet their needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Show yourself faithful. We are a family that prays together and stays together. We lift up the arms and the hands of one another and ask that God, you will bless these people. Touch them where their need is great. Thank you for this wonderful congregation. We look forward to what you're doing here, what you're doing in their lives right now. Be that that faithful, mighty, awesome God. Lord, may we stay together. May we reach out and touch someone that maybe is idle right now, that maybe is on the fence, that maybe has fallen away. Lord, may we not just take it for granted, but God, may we reach out and call that one that we have not seen in a while, that has been around, Lord God. Let them not fall through the cracks. Let us be concerned about the harvest. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this wonderful congregation. And touch these needs, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous donation. 